friends, I come to you on this Friday, January 10th, 2020, to only tell you that the game of hockey is one fickle thing. It is a very streaky sport. We are seeing the evidence of that at this moment with the Vegas Golden Knights, because when it seemed like they were at the highest of highs, just, what, less than a week ago, They have come crashing down a little bit, and it has been a bad stretch of hockey overall, despite the fact that they've been able to bank eight points out of a possible 14 on this homestand. Yes, they should have more, but at the end of the day, it's still above 500, but these last couple of games, including tonight's, have been a little bit bad. With that being said, welcome everybody to the newest episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SBA Nations Nights on Ice, NHL columnist for Gaming Today. And I just got home from the arena after, good Lord, that was, you know, we've talked a lot about bad losses this year. And I and I made a joke a little while ago, like a couple weeks ago, that I thought the bad losses were out of the Golden Knights lexicon. Turns out that the bad losses are still rearing its ugly head. And as we saw tonight in in a game of which I had been calling for Malcolm Subban to get a start, he got the start. Gives Marc-Andre Fleury some much-needed rest. I would not be shocked in the least if Malcolm Subban were to start on Saturday. But holy mother of God, that was an awful performance by Malcolm Subban. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Golden Knights lost 5-2 to two to the Los Angeles Kings on Thursday night. That was a thing that happened. Uh, we will discuss that in just a mere moment. But I feel like now we've gotten to the point where, you know, Welcoming you to the podcast might be a little bit outdated, so I will just tell you this. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can feel free to do so. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And you can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if you do see the benefit of doing so. So, let's just get right to it. This was a bad loss. Uh, this was a game where you thought that the Golden Knights, at, again, it, it's one of those instances where the Golden Knights have played well in the first period, say the first eight to ten minutes. Things are going well. You feel like they're going to break through, and then all of a sudden it takes one. And then that one turns into two. And then that two turns into three. And then as tonight would show, the three has turned into four. The first period, in a sense, has been a complete abomination for the Golden Knights uh, for the last number of games. Fourth consecutive game, they have allowed the opening goal to start the game. Third consecutive game, they have fallen behind by at least two goals after the first period. Second time in three games, they have fallen behind 3 nothing. And to make matters even better, they fell behind 4 nothing after the first period tonight. Malcolm Subban, ugh, good lord. Uh, here, let, let's put it. Let's put it like this: Subban, 
for when he put when he played the time when Flurry was out was fantastic. I think it was six one and two in his last nine starts. GAA was like a two point five. Save percentage was hovering around between nine seventeen and nine twenty. He was playing really good. So when Flurry got all these starts, these five consecutive starts, this seemed like the prime opportunity for Subban to kind of avenge himself. You'll recall the last start he had was at Anaheim. The Golden Knights got out to that one nothing lead at Anaheim, and then they reeled off three consecutive goals in a matter of less than two minutes. And that was the last we've seen of Malcolm Subban since then. And he gets into the net tonight. I believe he stopped maybe the first five or six shots of the game. And then it went all downhill from there. Uh, Alec Martinez got on the on the score sheet first on a... I have no idea what kind of goal this was. This was an instance where Subban made the save, poked it uh, back toward the uh, back toward the half wall. Alec Martinez is is literally standing right there, tees up a slap shot, and Subban does not see it. And Subban allows the goal. It's one to nothing in favor of the Kings. Less than a minute and a half later, Ben Hutton gets a shot on goal. Again, another shot that Subban should have saved, and he didn't. And all of a sudden, 2-0 to the team that coming into this game was in dead last in the Pacific Division. That is the kind of game that you cannot have. You cannot have that kind of a game early on. And then to make matters worse, Tyler Toffoli makes it 3 nothing. Anze Kopitar gets the assist, his 600th in the NHL. 3 nothing. And this one was a little bit, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, all the goals that Subban gave up really did not look good for him. The third one, I believe the third one was off the draw. Toffoli got it off the draw and just sniped it right by him. Just right off the draw, clean, broke him. 3 nothing. And then at the end of the first period, Kings crash the net. Adrian Kempe scores with nine seconds left in the period. And it's 4 nothing at the end of one. The Soob chance turned into Boo chance in a matter of moments. Golden Knights did get back into it. Scored twice in the second period. Scored twice in a span of 56 seconds. Goals by Riley Smith. And Max Pacioretty, Max Pacioretty with his 20th of the season. But that was all the Golden Knights could muster on the scoreboard. Now, the Golden Knights lost 5-2. to two. But I don't even want to talk about the score here. The most mind-boggling thing to me on this night. The Golden Knights outshot the Kings in the second and third period. Are you ready for this? 30 Six to five. One more time for the people in the back. The Golden Knights outshot the Los Angeles Kings in the second and third periods combined. 36 to five and only mustered two goals. How in the world does that even happen? How in the world does that happen? Here's the answer. Jack Campbell is how that happens. You people may not know. And I'm like, who are you calling you people? 
Most of you don't know who Jack Campbell is. Let me tell you who Mr. Jack Campbell is. Jack Campbell was a former draft pick of the Dallas Stars. Uh, when the Stars were having their myriad of goalie conundrums and trying to figure out who could possibly be the heir apparent to Marty Turco, Jack Campbell was considered to be one of the guys that, hey, maybe he's got the talent to actually lead the Stars into the next decade with goaltending. And then, of course, you know, Kari Lettinen and Anthony Niemi one year, la- one year later, and then all of a sudden it all goes to hell. So Jack Campbell gets bounced around, and he eventually lands with the Los Angeles Kings to back up Jonathan Quick. Now, Jack Campbell, prior to the 2017 season, had not won a game. On February 27, 2018, he gets his very first win at T-Mobile Arena against the Golden Knights, made 41 saves. The following year, in Vegas... And I believe it was January of last year, 2019. Jack Campbell gets the, gets the start, stops 46 of 47 shots. Somehow, the Golden Knights win 2 to nothing. On this night, Jack Campbell makes 44 saves. A give up, a, you could completely erase the two goals that he allowed in the second period. Jack Campbell stifled the Golden Knights yet again. Jack Campbell is 2-1. and one in his career against the Golden Knights, all of those starts have come on the road. And Jack Campbell was looking like freaking Dominic Hoshik out there. The Golden Knights have not found a response to Jack freaking Campbell. That is the one kryptonite that the Golden Knights have against them when it comes to facing the Kings. It's not Jonathan Quick. They've scored on Quick plenty of times. It is Jack Campbell. And Campbell was absolutely spectacular. He has a 1.33 GAA in three starts against the Golden Knights. And again, they've all come at T-Mobile Arena. That is unreal. That, that is ridiculous. The, I'm still baffled that the Golden Knights had a 36-5 edge in shots in the last two periods. And the Kings even got one more goal at the end of the game on a power play Kempe's second of the game was exactly like Toffoli's, right off the draw of the power play and zipped it right past Subban. Like, holy hell. 36-5, to five, you only get two goals. Of course, uh, you know, you give up four goals, a team can just park the bus for the rest of the game and not have to do much. When you got a goaltender like that that's standing on his head and he's playing out of his mind, yeah, you don't really need to do much. So as a result... The Golden Knights have now lost back-to-back games after winning their previous four. Uh, The light at the end of the tunnel is turning into one blinding light because the Golden Knights need to get through this homestand as soon as possible. They will now close this seven-game homestand on Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know what to make of these, these first period woes. I really don't. What the heck the Golden Knights are doing in this in the first period these last few games? You, they talk about coming out, playing fast, starting strong, but man, when they get behind, it, it is like it takes them a whole other gear to kind of get things rolling. And I'm just looking at them, and again, tonight was a perfect example. They had about eight or nine shots in the first ten minutes of the game. They were putting shots on Campbell. They were peppering him, and it, and it wasn't like they were. 
you know, low danger chances. They were getting in the slot. They were getting in front of the net. There was an instance where the fourth line had a really good shift. Carrier fought for the puck behind the net and got it to Reeves in front. Campbell just made really good saves in front. Like, it's hard to do that when you're battling a really good goaltender, at least for that night. Campbell's usually an average goaltender, but again, when he faces Vegas, he's like a freaking all-pro. But when you give up goals like Malcolm Subban did tonight, that that in lies a huge problem. And goaltending has now really been an Achilles heel for the last couple of weeks now. And again, I can look at the last few games. A lot of those goals really weren't Flurry's fault. But I can look at tonight, and I don't put a lot of blame on Malcolm Subban usually, but tonight was not, it was not his best. Tonight was not his best game. And... Sure, you can say that he hasn't started since December 27th. You can make that excuse that maybe he needed to start here and there to kind of keep him going. But, I mean, you got to be ready at all times. You've got to be ready at all times to go. And you can't make the excuse of, oh, if you haven't started then, that if you haven't started at this particular time, if you haven't started within these last couple of games, you're going to come in rusty. you got to be ready to go. And Malcolm Subban was not ready to go in a game that the Golden Knights should have won. So now... You take on Columbus on Saturday. My guess would be this. Subban does get the last game of this homestand, and then Flurry will start the the uh, first part of this road trip um, next week. I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's fair. Get Subban another start, see if he can rebound. You're going against a Columbus team that's really been on fire lately. Now you have the chance to kind of uh, see, see how you rebound. And now the Golden Knights... They could use a win, especially after the way that the last two games have gone. Really, they should have they should have won at, against Pittsburgh, and they should have beaten L.A. It's two games in a row where they haven't seen a lot of shots, and they've let goals through, and that's a problem. To me, that's a huge problem. So the Golden Knights will take on the Blue Jackets on Saturday, and that will conclude the homestand, and we, are, and we have reached the end of the tunnel. Thank the Lord. So... Now I feel like it is as good of a time as any to take a look around the Pacific Division because it is getting crowded once again. Uh, I'm, I think well, last time we looked at the Pacific, it was really crowded. It, it, is, it, it is getting really crowded now. Uh, five teams with at least 50 points, five teams within four points of first place in the division topped with the Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes, who have now lost for the first time in a little while. Going into Tampa Bay, the hottest team in the league, of go figure, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the hottest team in the league, and they get shut out 4 to nothing um, on Thursday. So at least for the moment, the Golden Knights and the Coyotes remain tied for first in the Pacific Division. At, at least if you're looking for a saving grace for that, good on you. If not, that's two games now where the Golden Knights could have made some ground on the Coyotes, and they haven't done so. Because right now, looking right behind them, the Oilers and the Flames tied at 53 points. Oilers have won three straight uh, all on their Canadian uh, road trip with a win of Montreal on Thursday. Connor McDavid now has 70 points. Uh, the Oilers, to me, seem like the team that is going to eventually be the odd man out. When it comes to the Pacific Division, um, because I think that at this rate we could be seeing both wild cards come out of the Central. 
I don't want to say that that's a lock because the Pacific is so tight and they're like neck and neck with, you know, the two teams that occupying the uh, wild cards, which I think now Calgary and Edmonton have kind of moved up now. Um, Edmonton just seems like the team that's going to eventually fall out because they're going to, they're going to need some more help eventually along the way outside of McDavid and Dreisaitl. And we're seeing the effects of not mediocre goaltending, but very average goaltending and not a lot of help on the other end. I mean, if they can score six, what was it? They scored six against Toronto the other day. They can keep doing that. They're in good shape, but I just don't see it happening. Um, the flames have now won four straight. Um, they're kind of in a little streaky mode here under new coach, Jeff Ward. Um, they're another team that I can see unless they, they have the talent and the balance where they can kind of turn it around and I can see them doing so. But right now, Edmonton and Calgary are kind of just, I don't know they don't scare me. You know what I mean? They're like the whole overarching theme of if Vegas were to play one of these teams in the playoffs, would they scare me right now? I would say no. The Vancouver Canucks have now lost back-to-back games after winning seven in a row. They're they're going to be right there. They're they're going to be the team that is young, but has the capability of going on a run that is going to scare a lot of teams. Yeah, the seven-game win streak. Really, the only impressive win I could see in that stretch was the Vegas game, where it went five-four in overtime, and even then they blew a two-goal lead to get it to overtime but they still dominated in overtime and won the game. Yeah, the Canucks are not going to really beat the great teams right off the bat, but they are going to scare some people. They're going to scare some teams. There's too much talent on that roster. I don't care how young it is. There's too much talent on that roster to take the Canucks slightly. And you got Thatcher Demko back. He's healthy. Jacob Markstrom, now an all-star. Um... Those two are going, if they can get consistent goaltending for Markstrom and Demko, they are going to be a threat come March. And I would be very cautious if I'm one of those other Canadian teams that's fighting for that third spot in the the Pacific because Vancouver has the pieces to make a playoff run. Now, how far they make it in the playoffs? Probably not that far, but they've got the pieces to be competitive all the way out through the end of the year. And Elias Pettersson is still God. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, And then we get to the bottom of the basement. The Sharks, 44 points. They're not that far back. They're only eight points back of the second wild card. And I touched on it yesterday. You're going to see team, the the Predators are the perfect example. They hit the panic button, I feel, with Peter Laviolette. They're only a few points back of the second wild card. The Sharks are only eight points back of the second wild card. And I know that sounds like a lot. But, again... There's still, what, 30-some-odd games to go for all these teams. No one's really out of it unless you're the Detroit Red Wings. Let's put it that way. Or the Ottawa Senators. Um, But now the Sharks have to overcome adversity. Logan Couture is out for several weeks with a fractured ankle. They did beat the Blue Jackets tonight 3-1. to So good on them for ending the Blue Jackets' road game point streak. I think it was at 9. Aaron Dell is showing signs of competent goaltending right now. Um, so we can all pour one out for Martin Jones if we all feel like it, but the sharks, it's just, they have so much talent. I I know I've criticized them for their lack of depth and I think that's ultimately going to cost them. But the fact that they're only eight points out of the second wall card, 
you can't count them out yet. For as, for as crazy as it sounds, you just can't count them out because you're, you're expecting one of these teams to kind of, you know, separate himself from the pack. I'm talking about the Pacific at the top. You expect to see Vegas or Arizona kind of separate themselves from the pack, but right now it hasn't happened. So right now you look at the division standings and it's like, holy crap, San Jose is not that far off. And really with 30 some odd games to go and you have the bye week coming up and you have the all-star break coming up, there's still a lot of time for these teams to catch up. And the Kings, they won. They're out of the basement. The Ducks were put in the basement because they lost to the Stars uh, three to nothing tonight. So yeah, the Golden Knights have had chances to kind of separate themselves from the rest of the division. And they've needed to bank these points going into this homestand to kind of establish that separation. And they haven't done it. Well, they've done it for the first four games. The last two, two games that they should have won, they haven't done it. And and that's good. That's always going to be until we get to the deadline and see how Vegas addresses everything. That's, that's going to be the, uh, that's going to be the bullet point. Can, can Vegas win the games that they're supposed to win? Because that really has been the constant theme for the most part of this entire season. They haven't been able to win the games that they should be winning. And two, and these last two games are games that they should have won and they didn't. And it was all because of mistakes. And as of last night, I will chalk that up to bad goaltending. So now the Golden Knights, yes, they're in first place. But right now, it's starting to get crowded again. You got five teams crowded all within four points. That's a little bit of a, if I'm a Golden Knights fan, I'm a little bit concerned. And I'm a little bit concerned after watching these last few games, knowing that you've given up so many goals. And the goaltending hasn't been great. And the defense hasn't been great. And you, your result is giving up five goals here, four goals there, four goals there. I mean, it just overall, it hasn't been a great week. It's been a good week. You've gotten eight points out of 14, but the case could be made right now that you should have 12 of 14 or at least 11 of 14. So Golden Knights are going to have to buckle down here because now you got the eight game road stretch coming up and it's all in the Eastern side of things. You're playing Buffalo here. You're playing Carolina here. You're playing Boston. You're playing, you know, all these teams that you're playing here in the next few weeks, especially after the bye week, you know, you got another game against Nashville, I believe you're going to need to kind of buckle down here. If you're the golden Knights, you're going to need to buckle down and you're going to need to find a way to win these games. And if you don't, that crowded Pacific division might find its way to be a little bit more uh, cushiony uh, going forward for these, these other teams that I mentioned. So let's take a look around the league before we uh, get out of here. Um, speaking of the Bruins, I after mentioned them by like five seconds. Uh, the Bruins came back to beat the Jets five to four. I believe the Jets took a lead four, three lead in the third. And then the Bruins scored like two quick goals uh, to eventually win the game five to four. Um, if I call Elias Pettersson God, there has to be something evolved from that with David Postenrock. Another hat trick. Good God. The, the, the guy is unbelievable. And, and I still think he's, I still think he's a very viable heart candidate. I don't know where it puts him. If Boston uh, doesn't finish with the best record in the league, obviously I think Washington's overtaken that by now, but Posternock is still so damn good. It's ridiculous. I think he's on pace for what, like 60 some odd goals 
and he's very likely going to do it. I think if he hits 60 goals, then we need to have the conversation about Pasternak being the, the hard trophy favorite. If he's still not the hard trophy. I mean, McDavid, McDavid's going to be there. Uh, Eichel, I think, has a case if the Sabres can make a run. Um, but Pasternak, Pasternak's been my pick since, like, game 15. And I think that I would still, if I had a vote, I don't have a vote. If I did have a vote, I would say that Pasternak would be my would still be my choice for the heart. Uh, the Panthers, a 5-2 win over the aforementioned Canucks. And this is the only way I can actually give an appreciation. Shout to Noel Chari, who for some ungodly reason has decided to score goals. Uh, another two-goal game today. I think he's up to like 48 goals in the last three games. Um, he's been killing it for the Panthers uh, in, a, in a lineup with Huberto and uh, Trocek and Barkov and all those guys. Achari has been the one scoring the goals. So props to Noel Achari. If you are, God forbid, listening to this podcast, props to you, Noel Achari. Uh, the Rangers beat the Devils 6-3 to in New York. Tony D'Angelo with a five-point night, a hat trick of goals, and two assists. I, I've been hearing through the scuttlebuck that the Golden Knights might go, for, well, not might go for them, but they're... When you think of a name that you sh- that the Golden Knights should add on defense, everyone talks about Tony D'Angelo, and it just so happens that he has a five-point game tonight. I, I think it's going to take more than just maybe a player or two or maybe a prospect to get Tony D'Angelo out of the Rangers. And uh, Artemi Panarin, I believe, is up to 60 points now, which I th- it was something about... There was a stat about him and Gretzky that I saw that was very interesting. I didn't get a chance to fully read it, but I think it's... Uh, I think Panarin's like the first one through 60 points through X amount of games since Gretzky, the first Ranger to do that. So, um, yeah, the Rangers are are one of those teams that if they can just put it together consistently, they're in good shape. And I think Igor Shostorkian got another start and he got another victory. So good on him. Uh, the Blues, the reigning champs, 5-1 win over the Sabres. David Perron keeps on scoring. Um, if he is not an all-star this year, I really think that the all-star game should just die yeah how how does he not get an all-star spot right now again if my if my take on max patcheretti if they need a fan vote to get into the all-star game david perron does not need a fan vote either he's been killing it all year 19th goal of the season uh he's on pace for for arguably the best year of his well not arguably without a doubt the best year of his career and Alex Steen with two goals uh, to pace the Blues over Buffalo. Uh, the Dallas Stars keep on winning. They did not need to come from behind win this time. A 3-0 victory over the Ducks. Denis Guryanov and Alex Radulov with goals. And Rupe Heinz with a goal himself. Empty netter. But we are not talking about that. The one thing that I took away from all this is that Corey Perry got his tribute to return to Anaheim. And he did not play because he is suspended. They gave Corey Perry a tribute, and he did not play. That That's all. That's all I got. I, I, I just think that's kind of hilarious, actually. Uh, the Flames beat the Wild 2-1. to one. Uh, Nothing exciting there. But now we get to the exciting part of the night. Goalie goal, ladies and gentlemen. Pekka Rene with a goal in Chicago. The Predators with a 5-2 victory in Chicago. The John Hines era has officially peaked. 
Pekka Rene is scoring goals. There was a moment where Pekka Rene had more goals in a game than the Golden Knights did. Let's put that in perspective as well. So there's your look around the league for this Friday, or looking at Thursday's action going into Friday. So I am in teasing some big thing that this podcast will have uh, in the next couple of days. Tomorrow, it is happening. It will be a podcast that will be recorded tomorrow, and it is going to be Monday's episode. So here's how it's going to work. This I, I'm not sure we're going to be able to talk about the Columbus game unless I do a podcast while I'm out of town um, on Saturday. We'll see how it goes. I'll play it by ear. If not, we'll probably circle back around to maybe Sunday where I will do the Columbus game. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it'll depend on the result, um, but I will keep you all posted on that. Monday, though. Monday, Monday, Monday. Circle your calendars. Mark your agendas. Do whatever you got to do. I'm telling you, this is going to be the biggest episode of Locked On Golden Knights that we have done to this point. And I cannot, I don't want to really spoil it too much, but all I will tell you is that it has been about a few weeks in the making as far as reviewing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And it is going to be with someone who I have been, in really in my head, I have been planning this since the trailer dropped in April. And over the last couple of months, or really the last month or so, we've kind of discussed about what we want to do. A few people already know what it is, but for those of you who don't, I'm not going to say any more than that. But we are going to review The Rise of Skywalker on this podcast on Monday. We may talk Mandalorian, but we're going to review The Rise of Skywalker. And we, meaning I am going to have a guest on the podcast. Really the first live guest of, well, not the first live guest, because we've had live guests before. Um, but it is going to be me and a guest. I have not confirmed that there's a second guest, but there is at least one guest. And we will be talking The Rise of Skywalker on Monday. And I'm telling you, this is going to be the biggest episode we have done on this podcast, and I could not be more excited to do this. So stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I will... It'll drop on Monday, because we're going to record it on Friday. It'll drop on Monday, and that's all you need to know. So please tune in on Monday. I promise you, you will not regret it. So on that note, that is going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for doing all of that. Um, again, not sure about the Columbus game. We'll play it by ear. But Monday, 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 Monday is going to be the best episode of Lockdown VGK we've done to this point. And I cannot, I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, guys. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for me. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we'll see you on Monday for a really fun time. Ha!